Thank you for checking out this podcast from Mountain View Christian Center, a place to connect. Well, apparently I know how to turn on the microphone, so I'm feeling pretty good about this so far. Um, I first off would like to apologize um, for my shoes. I know that you're supposed to preach here in black cowboy boots. Mine are packed because we're moving. I do own them. and I planned on wearing them, and I looked where we keep them this weekend. Lo and behold, they weren't there. So I cried a little tear and then decided to wear um, my $10 fake Chuck Taylors from Walmart with a big hole in them. Because, well, why buy real Chuck Taylors if they're just going to wear out and you can buy $10 ones every few months? Um, I am super excited um, to get to share with you guys this morning. I'm super excited that you're here. Uh, I'm going to pray and then we'll get started. God, we love you. God, we thank you so much for the chance to learn from your word. God, we thank you that um, it provides knowledge for us. God, it provides stories that can challenge us and encourage us. I God, I pray today that we leave here knowing you more and God wanting to live for you more. In your holy name we pray. Amen. This is here just so you guys feel better because the preacher has the Bible on the pulpit. This is where my notes of my Bible are. So you can know that, yes, I own a Bible. Yes, we'll use it, um, but I won't actually open it unless you need me to. Does that, if it makes it, there we go. All right. Well, fantastic. My name is Wayne. Some of you know me, some of you haven't met me yet. I've been here about five weeks. Um, I love it here. And I believe that Mountain View and Ridgefield is where God has for my family and I. Um, my wife's here too. Um, because she liked me enough to come this morning, which is pretty good. Some weeks she doesn't. Um, but we currently live in Longview. Now I have a slide that should show you something. That doesn't show you anything except for the title. Um, this slide shows you that it would take almost four hours to ride your bike from my house to this church, which is something I want to do because I like riding bikes. Except for you see on the left where it's like a line and it goes way up. Um, when Google Maps tells you about riding your bike, that line tells you the elevation. So I want to ride my bike for most of that ride, except for the elevation. I'm okay with the riding your bike for four hours. That's not a problem. Um, and I'm okay with that elevation. It just looks like it goes up kind of steep. Like it doesn't go up and then you're at like 300, that's like 842 feet. You know, most of the ride is about sea level. Um, and then you're like, hey, I don't, I don't want to ride up the big hill, but I want to. But we live in Longview. And I work, and we attend church here. We love you guys. We love getting to know you. But we knew when we took the position at Mountain View that we would need God to help us with our housing situation. Because it's winter, my wife will not let me put a tent in the backyard here, which is kind of fair, I guess. But she says she likes to camp. And if you say you like to camp... So right now we live in Longview. We're in two worlds. And one of the things that's hard for my family and I is just that. We live in Longview. We attend church here. Um, Now, for any other job, I really wouldn't care. I worked in Portland at the railroad for three years, graveyard. I was an electrician on locomotives. It was great. And I drove from Longview to Portland every night. I drove back every morning, which is kind of backwards. So I worked graveyard, so that's how it rolled. And that was fine. But when I was an electrician... Um, I didn't really care about being part of the community or, and and Portland's weird. 
And if you like Portland, that's great. Portland's weird. I mean, they have bumper stickers that want to keep it weird. It's a weird place. Um, I did have the opportunity, I guess would be the word, um, one night to to see one of the naked bike rides. Um, so we were driving the Union Pacific truck, um, has a bullhorn on the top. So we turned on our radios and said, hey, put some clothes on. Um, because A, it was cold, and B, it doesn't seem comfortable. Portland is weird. So I didn't need to be a part of Portland, so we drove from Longview, and that was no big deal. But with this job, we want to be a part of Ridgefield. Our kiddos are looking forward to going to school here, and we're looking forward to being part of the community and having you all over for lunch. I mean, not like all at once, because I'm, <laughs> because I'm kind of an introvert, and that would probably overwhelm me, and I'd probably cry and just go hide in my room. Um, but we're looking forward to getting to know you guys. Um, it's really fun on Wednesday night to be like, okay. And actually, a couple of Wednesdays ago, I invited people to my house, and they said no. Can you believe that? I work, I'm the youth pastor, and, and I have a couple of youth leaders, Brian and Kiana. And I was like, hey, guys, you should come over and hang out afterwards. But at 9.30 at night, when they work the next day, they're like, no, we don't want to drive to Longview. So I went home and cried myself to sleep. Um, but there's things we can't do because of where we are. And with this job, it matters. Um, and it took a lot of faith to accept the position at Mountain View. But we're so glad we did. We knew that it would take God working to get us a house down here. Because I don't know if you look for a house down here. Um, they're not the cheapest things in the world. Because they're all new. And they're all really big. And they all have yards that are about um, this big. Like, actually this big. You guys thought I was going to, like, draw something. No, this big. This is how big the grass is at New Houses in Ridgefield. Um, so it took faith for us to go down here. But accepting this position was only the first step. And part of the challenge is continuing to walk in faith and follow what God has for my family and I. We knew, well, we were pretty sure at least, that it wouldn't be easy. And it turns out that's true. It hasn't been easy. Um, we had, actually, this is a great So We had uh, neighbors. Um, like he used to say friends. We had neighbors two houses down that planned on buying our house um, until they didn't show up for two meetings with the title company. Then we called a realtor friend we have in town, um, and then he came over. So after three weeks of not doing anything to our house because we had people that wanted to buy it, we had a realtor come over, and he's like, hey, if anybody gets an FHA loan for this, then there can't be any chipping and peeling paint. And we're like, all right. So we painted our house. After it being kind of sunny for a couple of weeks, like two weeks ago, we painted our house um, in the not-so-sunny, not-so-warm. But if you ever need to sell your house, I recommend that you find a realtor friend that likes to paint. Because on Tuesday, he said you need to paint your house. On Saturday morning, he was at my house painting my house, which was really great. Um, so great guy. So my guess is, and I could be wrong, my guess is that you didn't just accept an associate pastor position at a church in Ridgefield, but maybe there is something else that God is calling you to that will require you to walk out your faith. And if my voice sounds scratchy, it's because I lost it Wednesday, spent two days looking for it. Um, I got an app on my phone, you know, find your phone. They also have a find your voice app. Um, and I wandered all over Longview and I like picked up things. And so if it sounds scratchy, that's why. Um, if it goes out, I'm going to pop this cough drop in my mouth, um, which probably won't do anything except for make me taste medicine. Um, so if anybody has a Jolly Rancher, I'll use that instead because I think they do the same thing. Jolly Ranchers just taste better. So you probably didn't just accept a position in Richfield, but maybe you have a new neighbor and you feel God leading you to get to know them. Maybe this Christmas season, God is leading you to help a family in need. 
Maybe there's a habit you feel God wants you to give up and move towards that. Or maybe you're here today and you're not a Christ follower, but you've been searching to find out what you really believe about God. And hopefully today you find the rest of our time together to be beneficial and to lead you in that direction. You know what? It turns out that we are not the first folks that God was calling to step out in faith and do something we might not understand. Um, In Genesis 6, we find the story of Noah. Um, Also in the kids Bible app, you find the story of Noah. But we're not going to read from that one. But if you have kids, download this app because they're really cool Bible stories. And they're interactive and there's questions, so your kids have to pay attention. Um, So we're just going to recap the story of Noah real quick. Um, You might have heard it. So God looked at the earth, wasn't real happy with it. So God chose Noah because Noah was a righteous man. Can I walk down here on Sunday? Is that okay? Okay. I feel like it worked. Okay. So God chose Noah because God was going to send a flood to destroy the earth. He said, Noah, I want you to build an ark. Noah probably said, God, what do you mean? I don't know what an ark is. He said, it's a really big boat. I said, okay, am I sailing somewhere? No. No, you're not sailing anywhere. I just, I want you to build a boat. Really big boat. You and your family get on the boat. Um, oh yeah, you're going to take a couple pets with you. So Noah gathered a bunch of animals. Noah built a giant boat. And then what happened? Rain. It rained. You guys know about rain? Ever? Just, I mean, I know it doesn't rain a lot here. Until it does, and then it rains all the time. It rained, and it rained, and it rained. It flooded the earth. But God had told Noah to build a boat, and Noah built the boat. So was Noah safe? Why was Noah safe? Can I ask questions? Is that okay? Okay. If not, I'll just ask Brian questions. Hi, Brian. Was Noah safe? Brian says yes. All right. Noah was safe because he listened to God because he built the boat. I feel like I should turn this way to not turn away from you. But it also felt weird. Noah was safe because he built the boat. Um, now we're going to read it a little bit from the actual story instead of the kids' Bible. Um, verse 8 in chapter 6 says that Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. One commentary tells us that this chapter is, is that the thrust of this chapter is that Noah was good, but that God is gracious. At verse 8, it says that Noah found favor or grace. Um, Noah found grace, free unmerited kindness in the eyes of the Lord. So God chose Noah because God chose Noah. Noah was the righteous man, but he hadn't done amazing things. Noah wasn't this guy. God didn't go, huh, that guy, that guy could probably build a boat. God said, huh, that guy, that guy's living a righteous life, and that guy is following me. And that is why God chose Noah. It wasn't that he was a carpenter. He might have been. He farmed afterwards. Um, It wasn't because he had made great boats before and had proven himself that, hey, if you need a guy to make a boat, it's me. It was that God looked at him and saw his heart and that he was a righteous man. In verse 9, it says, these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God, and Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. I had some ham yesterday. It was good. Thanks, Dad. We had Thanksgiving early. But I don't think it was named after him. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence. 
And God saw the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch. This is how you are to make it. The length of the ark, 300 cubits, and its breadth, 50 cubits, and its height, 30 cubits. Now, that's great if you measure in cubits, but I don't. I don't even use the metric system because I'm American. We decided to make up our own. Um, according to most commentaries, a cubit was probably 18 inches to 21 inches, usually the length from your finger to your elbow. So my cubit's bigger than my wife's cubit, and my cubit is a little bit smaller than Shaquille O'Neal's cubit. Um, his was probably 21 inches. But we have a slide that kind of tells us the dimensions of the ark in feet for us Americans. It was about 437 feet long, which is pretty long. Um, the gross tonnage, 13,960 tons. Sounds kind of big to me. Um, we have a couple more slides that might give you a better idea. I know it's the season for football. If you put the ark on a football field, it'd be a little bit longer than the football field. It's about 150 yards long. Um, so today when you're watching a football game, you'd be like, man, that would have been covered by the ark. And all those animals would have been inside. I mean, those players would have been inside. Um, and lastly, um, like I told you guys, I worked for the railroad, big fan of trains. The size of Noah's ark, the volume it could hold was equivalent to 522 boxcars. Um, a lot of stuff can fit in this boat, right? God asked Noah to build a little boat, just a little boat. Um, building the ark would have been a huge undertaking. But if God, if what God had called us to is easy, would we need him? If God said, hey, Noah, I need you to build the dinghy because it's going to rain and the river's going to rise. Noah wouldn't have needed God. Noah wouldn't have needed to step out in faith and trust that God would do anything. But God said, Noah, I need you to build an ark to save you and to save your family. When we step out in faith, we can trust that God will do his part. We can trust that. Sometimes what God is asking us will make very little sense to us. But when we step out in faith, we can trust that he'll do his part. Have you ever had God tell you to do something? You're like, God, that's crazy. And I can imagine God just saying, I know, but I'm God. It's crazy to us. We don't think like God. We're not God. The Bible says that his thoughts are not our thoughts, that they're so much higher than ours. But when God calls us to something, if it's what he wants us to do, and we, we step out in faith and we rely on him, he will provide the power for us to do that. <clears throat> Sometimes what God is asking us to do might be a quick decision that takes great trust, but often it is a process. And sometimes it's a lot easier to trust at the start of that process, isn't it? Like, except in this job, I was like, yeah. And now I haven't sold my house yet. And I'm like, yeah, I think, I hope, man, I hope. God, I really hope. But it's a process. Noah needed to build an ark. And there are varying opinions on how long it took him. But every day, Noah had to go out in faith and build the ark. My guess is there's some days that Noah woke up and his body was probably sore because he was a fairly old dude when he started building the ark. He probably woke up and said, God, I, I don't want to build an ark today. And there's probably his friends that came by, you know, they're wicked and corrupt and they probably weren't very kind to him. 
Have you, have you ever seen somebody doing something that looks silly and you've wanted to make fun of them? Again, we're nice people. These people were corrupt and Noah was building this ginormous boat, probably hiring people because it's not likely that him and three sons could have done it by themselves very quickly. So paying people who were probably mocking him while they built it. They're like, I don't care. I'm making money. But every day Noah had to get up and make that decision to step out in faith and keep building the ark. My guess is, my guess is that it was not a very quick process. But every morning, God, Noah got up and he trusted God. And he kept building that ark. Um, verse 22, I love. It just says that Noah did this. He did all that God commanded him. Chapter 7, verse 1 says, Then the Lord asked Noah, Go into the ark, you and all your household, for I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. So like three times now, it's called Noah righteous. It's repeated that we know that is important. They pointed that out to us multiple times. Take with you seven pairs of clean animals, the male and his mate, and a pair of the animals that are not clean, the male and his mate, and seven pairs of the birds of the heavens also, male and female, to keep their offspring alive on the face of the earth. For in seven days I will send rain on the earth, forty days and forty nights. And every living thing that I have made, I will blot out from the face of the ground. And Noah did all that the Lord had commanded. Noah did all that the Lord had commanded. Verse 10 says that after seven days, the waters of the flood came upon the earth. The waters came, but Noah got through the flood because he had acted in faith on what God had called him to do. When we step out in faith, we can trust that God will do his part. That's my main point today. I'll probably say it eight more times because I want you to remember when we step out in faith, we can trust that God will do his part. It takes work on us. It takes trust. It takes faith. But we know that we serve a good God and that he will come through. Having faith is super easy until you have to walk it out, right? It is super easy. You know, if I'm standing there and there's a bridge and it looks kind of shaky, it's easy to say that that bridge will probably hold. But that doesn't really mean anything. It's when I walk out on that bridge that you see that I trust that bridge. Standing where you are and saying that you have faith does not show your faith like stepping out, and it does. When you walk out your faith, God will get you through the flood. Sometimes we think that our faith must be unwavering and certain, and a certain force before we bring it to God. How many of you have ever been like, I feel like I have faith here, but I don't know if I do, so I'll just not do anything. It can be easy when we have doubts to just say, that must not be God. That's just me. That's not that important. And sometimes we think that our faith must be an unwavering and certain force. But we, when we bring God, our broken selves, in his grace, our faith is made strong. There's a story in Mark chapter 9 that I love. It's about a man who had a son who was possessed and he brought him to Jesus. He wanted Jesus to heal him because Jesus was healing people. And Jesus said, I will heal him if you believe. And the man gave a great answer that I love. He didn't say, yes, God, heal him, I believe. He said, I do believe. God, help my unbelief. God doesn't need your faith to be perfect. God doesn't need you to be so certain that you know you can do it. God needs you to know that he called you to it. God needs you to know that he is God and that when you bring your broken self and your broken faith before him, he, by his grace and his power, will make your faith strong. 
That man's response is something that I just love. I do believe God helped my unbelief. This man doesn't hide it from Jesus while he is thinking. His son has been seized by an evil spirit and thrown to the ground, thrown into fires. He wants to believe that God can heal him. And he tells you, yes, Jesus, I want to believe. Help me believe. I need you to help me believe. God doesn't need us to act like we have faith. He can handle our doubts. We won't hurt his feelings. But when we come to him with a little bit of faith, even if it's shaky, he will be strong in that. When we step out in faith, we can trust God to do his his part. The first step might be wobbly and it might be uncertain. But we can say, God, I'm not sure I get this, but I'm going to trust you anyways. Hebrews 11 is a list of people who had great faith. And it might not surprise you, but Noah made it in there. I know it's kind of a shocker. He he just built a little boat. But Noah is, in Hebrews 11, mentioned in the Hall of Fame of Faith. One commentary states that his special contribution to the gallery of pioneers of faith was his implicit obedience to God's commands in spite of evidence to the contrary. His ark building was dramatic proof of taking God for his word. He's not in the Hall of Fame of Faith because he believed God and didn't do anything. He's mentioned in Hebrews 11 because he believed God and he did what God told him. And with God's help, he saved himself and his family. Genesis 8 verse 20 says, Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and took some of every clean animal and some of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. An altar was set up to thank and praise God for what he had done. It was also a reminder for years to come of the goodness of God to bring Noah through the flood. I don't know if you've ever done anything that was stepping out in faith and, and it can be times that hard when we feel God calling us something. We, we look at the circumstances and we look that it's hard. Um, but it's good to have those places in our life where we've built an altar, where we have something that we can remember. And we say, God, I know you were good here. And I know you're the same today. And I know that you're still good. When God brings us through things, we need to set up an altar. We need to praise him for that. It can be easy to go, oh, that worked out. That's great. And just move on with our lives. But we need to say, God, thank you for what you've done, what you've done. God, thank you for bringing me through that. And set up a place to remember his goodness and his power. Because it's very likely that another time in our lives, we will doubt again. We will need to be able to look at that, thing, at, that, at that altar that we've set up and say, the same God that walked me through that is still with me today and he's with me now. The same God that helped me in that situation, the same God has been with me and will help me and will give me grace and power to face what I'm facing today. We need to remember that he is the same God and that he is for us. Now, I can't tell you what God is calling you to do or how long it will take or what the first step is in the process. But we know that when we step out in faith, we can trust God to do his part. This week, I'm not asking you to build a boat unless you want to. I mean, if you're a boat builder, go ahead. That's up to you. But I would challenge you to take the first step. It might feel wobbly, which is not a real word. I know because it's underlined and read in my notes three times. It might feel wobbly and like the footing is uncertain, but we can trust that God will get us through it. I have a couple um, points that you can take home. One thing that I would ask you and challenge you to do this week, if you are a Christ follower, 
Maybe your first step is sharing with a friend what you feel God calling you to. I know for me that I'm more likely to put action behind an idea when there is someone else to hold me accountable. I know that's true because in my garage at home, I built um, like an attic. It was just beams. And um, I made three doors down the middle and each had two clasps. And one of them didn't quite fit right. And I built that four years ago. And you know how many people need to get into the attic? Just me. Do you know when I made it, when I took the five minutes to even that board so I could put that last clasp there? I haven't. Because if I'm only accountable to me, I'm, I'm okay with letting myself down. So if, if there's something God is calling you to, I would encourage you this week, talk to somebody about it. Talk to a family member, talk to a friend. Share the great thing that you feel God calling you to. Because when you do that, you'll have that little bit of accountability, that little bit of, of somebody that can spur you on, that can encourage you, that can pray with you. So whether it's a huge thing, whether it's a small thing, something you feel God calling you to, I, I invite you this week, I challenge you this week to share that with a friend who can encourage you, pray with you, and have you be accountable. Um, if you're not a believer with us this morning, thank you for being here. But maybe your next step is to find a friend and ask questions. Get to know more about the life of following Christ. If you're on that fence and you've been coming and kind of believing, find out more. Make that decision. One great thing about being part of the church is leaning on each other. As we all seek to move towards God, towards what God is calling us to, we can offer encouragement for one another. Now, I don't always put a lot of weight behind stats, as I've heard that approximately 37.6 of them are made up on the spot. That one wasn't, though. I made that one up yesterday. Um, but, but I can guarantee you this. I know, I know that we will fail to accomplish approximately 100% of the things that we don't start. If you don't start it, you'll fail. I don't like to fail. But I'd rather give myself a shot than to just not do anything and know that that is failure. When we step out in faith, we can trust that God will do his part. Let me pray for you and then we'll be dismissed. God, we love you so much. Father, we need you. God, help us to know that we need you. God, remind us daily that we can do nothing on our own. God, help us to rely on you in the little things. And God, help us to seek you for big things that you're calling us to. God, I pray that as we face our week, you will help us to know what you're calling us to and to be willing to step out and take that first step. God, help us to start to trust you. And God, if we feel like we can't trust you, help us to cry out that we do believe and ask for help. God, that you would help our unbelief, that you would make our faith strong. God, that you would help us to grow in you. God, I pray that you would guide us and be with us this week. God, we thank you for your grace, and we thank you for the holiday that we have this week to celebrate your goodness and be thankful. Father God, watch over us as we travel and just keep us safe. We love you so much. And it's in Jesus' holy name that we pray. Amen. For more information, you can find us online at www.mountainviewchristiancenter.net.